0: talk briefly this morning about sowing and reaping. Because as we think about Vanessa and we think about Mike, we think about Chris and we think about Sue and their way that they have sowed and reaped in there is a law. And sometimes we don't like to talk about sowing and reaping because what I do not want to do and I rarely speak about anything in this area because even the Apostle Paul got a little bit a bit discombobulated and theologically kind of mixed up, if you could imagine that. Not that he understood what he's saying. He was trying to say something without actually saying something. Have you ever tried to do that with your kids? It doesn't work. And, but he's doing this. Before this, he, he sort of starts to talk about that you should really pay your pastors and, and keep the church going and go for this. But he says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows. Whatever he sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Paul is talking, as Jesus did and the other apostles, about a universal law as solid as the law of gravity. Now, we know the law of gravity. If you climb up on top of a building and you jump up, you know what's going to happen, right? Thank you. Uh, You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to take place. It's the law of gravity right the way from Newton when he sat there and the apple fell on his head and... Eureka, I'm mixing up two great stories of, of scientific scientific moments, but, but at that moment he got the idea of gravity, and of course, at that moment, so the legend goes. If you drop something, it falls. If you sow something, it grows. And the question is what are you sowing? What are you doing? What are you sowing within your life? And does your giving, does your sowing really make any difference at all? I remember a young man coming into my office in England and he sat down. And to be honest, he came there very perplexed. He was a, I would say a miserable guy. I don't know. He was just really miserable. And when I saw his appointment come up, I was like, hmm. And so he came in, and he sat down, and he started bemoaning and moaning and groaning and moaning. And his big issue was, and he said, Pastor, I just haven't got any friends. Nobody seems to want to hang out with me. I sort of like, and he just talked, and I waited for him to catch breath. And while his mouth was open, I jumped in. And I said, have you ever heard of the law of sowing and reaping? No. At that moment, I took a breath and began to speak. I said, we sow and we reap. If you sow negativity, if you sow... Emotions like anger, like jealousy, if you speak words that are harsh and negative and disruptive, if you act violently and aggressively, or you are a person who is unfriendly, consistently unfriendly, consistently speaking negatively, consistently always acting in this way, do you know what happens? You reap what you sow and suddenly unfriendly, and anger and problems come back to you. He goes, really? I said, yes. I'm going to tell you some more. Don't come to me for pastoral health. Galatians 6, 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he reap. He who sows wickedness reaps trouble. Now, many of us know people who, who always seem to bring trouble. They sow trouble. They speak trouble. They enter into a situation, I've seen it with friends I've grown up with in my own city, there in Birmingham, who grew up and they grew up with a chip on their shoulder. They grew up with anger. They grew up with violence and they gave anger. They gave violence. And what came back to them was often far worse than they originally gave out. It's the law of sowing and reaping. That if you sow something out there, it's going to come back. But how is it going to come back within your life? Because he who sows wickedness reaps trouble. And we, we know, Galatians 6, 8, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Now what does this mean? What does it mean to sow from the flesh? Well, let me explain to you. Have you ever met somebody who has lived their life completely and utterly self-centered, self-motivated, self- self, and living in this kind of self-centered selfish way. Now when you examine their life, you can see that they are sowing to their flesh. And often what we see is that there is not much joy, there is not happiness, there is no pleasure. They become consumed with their own desires, with their own wants, and holding on to what they've got. It becomes even painful when somebody becomes a person who lives utterly for themselves and are self-centred in that journey. But what the apostle says is, don't live in a self-centered way, Learn to sow to the Spirit. Learn to give. Have you met people who are kind, who are generous, who are kind in words, who are forgiving, who are enthusiastic and through their lives and through their actions they are infectious, they are dynamic and they bring life to a room because what they are bringing, they are bringing life, not death. They're bringing generosity, they're bringing hope and what What God, I believe, calls us to be is people who sow the blessing of God all around us, in our families, in our world, to all people, that we sow the love of God in power. It's amazing. If you run through the people you know in your life, if you know where that seed goes, For the one who sows to his own flesh will, from the flesh, reap corruption. Sowing righteousness for yourself, reap the fruit of unfailing love. This is the verse that I shared with that young man. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Friendly. true, because I don't often want to be friends with an unfriendly person, honestly, and I've met some, obviously not Canadians, because you are gorgeous, but I have met some unfriendly English guys, really, I know it's hard to believe because you are an experience of English people, uh, like I but, and I'm super friendly. But we know, joking apart, we know that people who are unfriendly, they create an instant atmosphere. They create, and yet people that are generous, people that are kind, people that sow seed all around and bring life, this comes back to them in abundance. This comes back to them. And as Proverbs 11 says, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. There is a reward in living differently. There is a reward in speaking differently. There is a reward in blessing rather than cursing. There is a reward because we don't even know it, but seeds are dropping all around us all the time because God is a farmer and we love our seeds. We love to grow things. We love to see things develop. I remember when we lived in our last house in England, the girls, the twins, really wanted rabbits rabbits, so I just, honestly, what is the point? But, of a rabbit. But they had a rabbit, I can't even remember the first rabbit's name, because we've had rabbits, like, the last one was called Cloudy, <laughs> uh, yeah, and the dog killed it. But, honestly, I, I saw something being tossed in the air about 12 foot, and I'm going, well, what's that? It's a rabbit! <laughs> I prayed over it, but next day it had gone to be with the great... And that was it. Um, so, get the elders to pray for healing, not me. So, so they had this rabbit, and I say, I'm not having anything... You know dads, we go, I'm not having anything to do with the rabbit. Nothing. You've got to feed it. So they'd go out, and they were just toddlers, and they'd feed the rabbit and come back and go out. And what I noticed, that one day... All of this wheat was growing in my garden. I'm like, what is this wheat? It's all over, where the flowers were, the perennials, everything. There's just wheat growing everywhere. This is is amazing. I actually thought it was like a, a miracle, which it sort of was. It did speak to me about harvest, of course. And I was like, whoa. And we watched the wheat grow like, this is a mystery. You've worked it out, haven't you? That As they were carrying the feed for the rabbits, they were like talking, chatting, dropping it everywhere and feeding the rabbits. And then wherever they dropped it everywhere, over time I noticed there was a, a wheat field had grown in my back garden. It was only about the size of this area stage, but it was just growing. It was a mystery until I thought about it. Sometimes you don't even realise what you're dropping everywhere and throwing all around. But around you, things start to grow. Things start to happen. And if you're always throwing around hate, or you're always throwing around a critical heart, or you're always throwing around a negativity, suddenly you find things are growing. You see, you can't turn stingers into into fruit or into wheat. If you sow weeds, you'll get weeds. But if you sow good things, you'll get good harvest and you'll get good fruit. But the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. We see this in the story of the women in Exodus, those wonderful, remarkable, heroic midwives, that they were kind to the children and saved the babies of Israel and they did this consistently and they spoke and it's the time in scripture when many of us theologians, we talk about the righteousness of lying, that when, when the Egyptian authorities said, you know, where are all these babies disappearing? Oh, these, these, these Israelites, they, they have babies quickly and they run off. You know, they, they misled them And then the Lord said, and because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. In other words, how they lived and the righteousness they showed and the kindness and the goodness and the difference, it came back to those midwives. And this is an important principle. Whoever is kind to the poor lends the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. So we reap more than we sow. And often we don't realize this, that actually we reap more. That's the principle, isn't it? When we sow, we reap more harvest for our master. When we invest, when we are kind, when we do those extra things, when we show that kindness, we're there. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping carry seed to sow, will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them. You know, you go out with with seed and you come back with sheaves, large amounts. We always have to ask ourselves, where am I sowing How am I doing? What difference am I making? Am I bringing that blessing to the world? Am I making a difference with my words and with my actions? Am I supporting and am I loving? One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. And sometimes we think to ourselves, well, does my little bit make any difference to anything? The truth is, Jesus saw the widow and the widow's might, and Jesus felt that little bit made a difference. He saw it. He understood it. And as I bring this little series to the end, we realise that we've got Things we can sow. Things we do give in generosity. Areas that we do step into. Like your time. The way you give to people. The way you respond to others. The time and the energy. That is precious. And I'm so grateful to the hundreds of volunteers in our church that give and, and volunteer and make a difference. The time that you talk to build all of those backpacks, to bless our communities. The time that you took to make those Christmas stockings and to fill them so we could bless the care homes and the, and the recovery centres and the gospel mission and Metro community. We brought a lot of joy through your willingness to spend your time making those Christmas stockings. It seems like it's all, we're getting back towards Christmas now. And we're talking about living nativity and what to do. And it only seems yesterday, since this church was full of stockings, and you were blessing your, your town with these, these things. This is beautiful. This is amazing. And it comes back. And we say, yes, Lord, my time And then there's my talents. Your talents, your abilities and what you've got, don't waste those. Those are areas that we sow. We use our talents, whether in church life or the marketplace, where we serve, what we do, people with their different careers and different jobs. Every one of you has a talent that God wants to take hold of and wants to use. I don't just mean a talent like you can juggle or something. I mean a talent something to contribute, something to bless people, something to change lives, to make a difference in that person. And of course there is our treasure. We have our treasure, what we own, what we belong, our treasures, what we hold on to, and being willing to sow our treasure into that. Of course, we think about the church and when we sow, we reap more rewards for ourselves. We are blessed by that way. And, and in, in Jesus, he tells the wonderful story. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields along with persecution and in the age to come eternal life. What we sow that only affects here, but it affects eternity. Now I'm a little bit uncomfortable about all what preaching about sowing and reaping because I don't want to come over like a kind of you know, TV American events. Forgive if it's Americans here, sorry. Welcome, I'm glad you got over the border. Uh, but I, do, I don't want to come over because I, we, like the Apostle Paul, he's awkward about sowing and reaping. And, and let me get to this scripture where he talks about this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Can we go right back to the very first scripture, Vern? Thank you. Save me flicking through and making everybody feel slightly ill. Thank you. What does it mean then? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please his flesh, in other words, our selfish desires, our self-centered actions, our own way, holding on rather than living a life of generosity, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. What does it mean to sow to the Spirit? And as I said, Pastors are awkward talking about this, and this is the end of the series. I will be stepping into Colossians and diving deep into the biblical context of Colossians and going hard and looking at the beauty of that four chapter book and its historical content. But what does it mean to flow to so to the Spirit? Well, clearly. Paul in this context is talking about the life and the ministry of the church. Now the moment we talk about giving to the church, people are oh, here he goes. Put his white shoes on. sew in, get back. I'm not talking about any cheap, any, any kind of preaching with a formula of, of certain prosperity that becomes extreme. Although I do believe God wants to bless your lives and your families. But I have to ask myself a question when it comes to my life, how do I approach it? Well, question number one is this when I approach the church. Do I believe that the church as the body worldwide is a one-of-a-kind organisation, a a -a one-of-a-kind body that exists in the world? See, I give, I tithe, I sow, I bring in. Why? Because I believe that the body of Jesus, who loved Jesus, I don't mean religion, I don't mean the excesses that we hear, I mean the beauty of the bride of Christ, the church of Christ, is one-of-a-kind organisation. And to be honest, the church changed my life. The church blessed me. I was a lost broken, teenager, lost in darkness, and I came into a church that was family, that was community, and that church changed my life forever. Forever. It was a -a one-of-a-kind organisation. When I looked out across that group of intergenerational people from all the nations, it's one-of-a-kind. Why is it one-of-a-kind? It's one of a kind because it was conceived, as Ephesians teaches us, in the heart of God at the beginning of creation. God saw the church in his heart, and you are part of the church it was conceived in the very beginning, in the very creation, in the very heart of the Saviour. It was conceived there. And you fast forward, and the church is seen in eternity. Because who gathers around the great Lamb of God who will sing, washed clean in their robes of righteousness, the multitude upon the multitude upon the multitude, as the church will be there, it will be there, and we will be together for eternity. And if I believe in eternity, I have to believe that those that are with the glory of the Lord in eternity are those that have come through the church. So it's eternal it's foundational, not only that, but the church should be, it's, 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 it's in every nation, in all kinds of ways, in all kinds of shapes, giving hope and giving love, relieving poor, caring for people, praying for the world around them. It is multi-ethnic. It is from every tribe and nation. It is all around. And when you read Revelations, you see how the church is should be this glorious, glorious image of the bride of Christ, and we are in the bride of Christ, and we are know that love. Wow. So you say to me, and you've got to answer: Why do you give to the church? Well, I believe I'm participating in the heart of God from the foundation. I believe I'm participating with God for eternity. And I believe, even in our little church here, that we are participating in the work of the kingdom of God. And the church should make a difference. So what does he mean when I sow to the Spirit? Well, he simply means that when you sow to the Spirit, you're giving towards the proclamation of the gospel. When you sow to the Spirit, you're giving towards the the ministry of the church. When you sow to the Spirit, you're giving towards changing lives, relief of poverty. When you're sowing, we're sowing to what the church should be about, about what the church should do, the kingdom of God. That's the way I see it. That's why I give. In this series, I've tried to go, okay. We give our talents, we give our times, we give our treasures, we come and we give. So do not be deceived. God cannot be marked. A man reaps what he sows. What are you sowing? And you've heard me say this a lot. But the, the floor is the tithe. And then we give our offerings above and beyond. And the real beauty comes. When you've let go of the God of money and you become generous, boy, does it, does it flow back to you. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, it really does. It's amazing. God's goodness in that journey. So when the apostle wrote, he's writing in this context. But if you take anything from this, Go out of this service and be the most generous person you can in words and actions. Be generous in the way that you live. Be generous in the way that you give. And when you come back next week, I won't be preaching about money. I'll be preaching about the supremacy of Christ at the foundation of the world. Colossians chapter 1. But let's bring all of ours because nothing we have that ultimately belongs to ourselves, it all belongs to God. Let's stand together. As much we've said about this series. I started off by the story of the woman who had a past that came and she just had what she had. All she had was her tears, her hair, her kissing of Jesus' feet, and her expensive perfume. And she was so generous to Jesus because he had reached into that woman's life and said, I see your pain. As opposed to Simon, the Pharisee, who had self-righteous, religious, judgmental attitude, who wasn't even generous enough to wash Jesus' feet, kiss him on the cheek to say he was an equal, or offer him oil to go on his head, olive oil. No, no. It was the woman who let her hair down and washed Jesus' feet with just what she had and was willing to bring. And we are generous people, friends, because we have been forgiven much. We all have a past. We've all messed up. But we hide it well. And we are generous because God is generous to us. That's it. You love people because you have first been loved. And then week two, we spoke about bags of gold, the talent about taking what you've got and not wasting it out of fear, but realizing that we are only the managers, we are not the master. We don't have to give. That's not. We are generous because we want to give. Because we know that our lives are short, our lives are but a dot. But eternity is a long line that goes on. And therefore, I want to give as much as I can in this dot. Because I know eternity runs forever. And we sow our lives and we talked about missionaries. It was only, what, five years ago, Vanessa and Mike stood on this stage and said we want to start producing socks and employing, and they were selling a little group of socks down at our mall. And we went by and we bought their socks they would made in India. And today, those little socks are in major leading outlets all over North America. And 500 women are employed because of their sock business that they don't take a penny from because they can employ more ladies who are marginalised. That's so a sock and you get a sock factory. That's what I'm talking about here. It's what I'm talking about. And so we don't waste our talent and they took their five bags of gold and now they've got double bags of gold for the kingdom of God. And now I finish this series by saying, let's sow well in word, in time, in treasure and talent. Let's sow into the spirit, not into the flesh. So Father, I pray for every family here, every person listening online. I pray, God, that you will Bless us as we go and as we sing our final song that you will encourage us. And that God, may we sow life, not death. In Jesus' name. For those who are struggling financially, I do pray that you'll give them insight and wisdom into their personal world. For those that feel burdened, I pray that, Lord, you will come inside them and hold them and hug them and love them. And may we um, just become generous people. Hallelujah. Amen.